you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> well, normally that would be where an opener place uh, for the show that is uh, starting now, which is the Sporting Capital, but for some reason we don't have one in there. You've got to worry uh, about your own job security when the opener to your show isn't loaded in. Do you guys know something I don't? Is that it for me? Jeez, I might have to go and just see if there's a pink slip sitting somewhere. I'm sure that'll make a couple of people uh, happy. Not not me, uh, and probably certainly not the beautiful Evie, uh, or uh, little Charlie, but uh, we are here for the Sporting Capital. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 You can get yourself involved. Normally, we like to do uh, heroes and villains on a Monday night, and we will do that uh, in just a moment. Now, Alex has said that he is going to watch the Boomers later. Um, so, Alex, block your ears, because I do need to give live sport updates. That's all part and parcel of being uh, on a, uh, a live sporting station. But uh, the Boomers are in action in a World Cup qualifier tonight uh, against Iran uh, in Bendigo, my hometown, the magnificent uh, Schweppes Centre. The Bendigo Stadium there looks absolutely brilliant. Uh, the floor in magnificent order and uh, a big crowd there too. Uh, 39-26, there's about three minutes left in the first half. Uh, in that World Cup qualifier in Bendigo this evening. So hopefully you had enough time to, to put your earmuffs on there, Alex, and not hear that live score. Uh, 1-300-736-736. Uh, every Monday night we like to, to start things off with this. And then a hero comes along With the strength to carry on And you cast your fears aside One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heroes and villains. It's the oldest adage in sport. It's one of the easiest um, and easily to uh, easy to identify with themes in sport. There's always a hero. There's always a villain. And I'd love to know who yours were. One three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourts open line. You'll move your Harcourts. You can text them in zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the Temper Forty Winks text. Consumer choice winner Temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Uh, off the text, Alex. Wow, Sam must be gone. Um, yeah, you would. You, I'm starting to get a bit nervous, Alex. Uh, it must be said when the opener's just not in there. You think, well, is that it for me? Um, I still haven't been able to figure out, uh, as our conversation was in the Macca's run, if I um, if I have the pre-finals by as a hero uh, or a villain. So you can give me your thoughts on that uh, if you'd like to keep that conversation going as well. Um, I'm going to give an overall hero nomination to the AFLW season opener. So for the players, the clubs, round one was fantastic. Had uh, so many brilliant team and individual performances. There were highlights of plenty. There was moments of raw emotion and triumph. Um, there's still people that want to text in and run it down. Um there's an old saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Because at the end of the day, um, it's that's a, that's your problem, 
that you have with it, and you'll need to find a way to reconcile with that. Most of it, 99% of it's not constructive or helpful. It's just nasty, um, and it's just being negative for being negative's sake, and maybe it's just because you didn't make it, and so therefore you don't want these women to have a chance to make it. But again, that probably says more about you. Um, but we're talking about the hero. There you go. That's probably a villain nomination for some of the rubbish uh, that I had to read on some social media posts uh, over the weekend. But the launch was fantastic. Just four months after the grand final of AFLW season six finished, they're into season seven in the new time slot. A bit of clear air with the pre-finals by. Um, and there were some just phenomenal moments and emotional moments too. Uh, we were talking before with Sarah Black from AFL.com.au uh, about Sophie Locke, who kicked Hawthorne's first ever AFLW goal um, two weeks after her mum lost her battle with cancer. Um, there was about 100 or so people that came down from Seymour, from the Seymour Footy Club, after they'd been playing in Shep that day. So they played their game, the club all came down. There's about 100, according to, to Sophie's dad, Stuart, who we actually spoke to uh, at half time. I'll find you a bit of that to play. It was fantastic to get him on, and we appreciated his time, but what that meant. For her and the emotion of kissing the armband, pointing to the sky, saying that one was for you, Mum. Um, Sarah Perkins lost her auntie recently and, and, and had a similar emotional response when she uh, kicked her goal at her fourth AFLW club. Uh, Georgie Prasparkas kicking the well, kicking the go-ahead goal with under a minute to play. Yes, in controversial, controversial circumstances. Um, but you can only deal with the, the situation that you're in. Um, and she got the opportunity to go back and live that dream and uh, and was able to execute. Uh, Emma Stark, too. I don't know if you're aware that at 16 years of age became the youngest ever elite-level umpire. We've had a real issue. We know now the reports were damning on uh, country and metro um, umpiring fraternities for the treatment of women in the umpiring ranks. Well, a young woman who's persevered through the ranks and risen through the ranks was Emma Stark, who became the youngest ever elite-level umpire at the age of 16. So um, that's a hero nomination for her. I did read a story over the weekend as well that the AFL are going to be splashing an extra $17 million into country and community football in season 2023. So um, that's a, a $17 increase on the $50 million that they put in this year. So that's a hero nomination uh, going to the AFL. Um, I don't know if you had the chance to read any of the articles in regards to uh, any of the articles that Danny Laidley wrote uh, in the Herald Sun over the weekend or read Mark Robinson's story um, about Danny Laidley uh, in the Herald Sun over the weekend. If you, if you saw the 60 Minutes story last night, um, Robbo in his article asked why we're scared of people or wary of people who are different. And the whole idea that we fear what we don't know or what we might not understand. And that can be human nature at times. And, and these articles and, and this story give us a chance to, to learn and, and to seek to understand the journey that, that Danny's been on and, and, and the life that Danny has lived and almost lost uh, and now the life that she lives being her true self. So it's actually a chance, and I felt like it was a chance to be educated, um, and, and I reckon there's an invitation if we take the time to read that or to watch that story with an open mind, we might be able to learn a little bit more, and, and whenever you make any judgment in life, having all the information is important to do that. So it is an opportunity, instead of judging and pointing and condemning, maybe listening and reading 
and it's worthy of a hero nomination because the courage it would have taken Danny to, to, to open up in that complete manner, warts and all. No stone left unturned, no excuses given, but just a story told in its entirety. That's worthy of a hero nomination, and, and she will be a hero to those who might be confronting similar situations or have loved ones that are having a similar crisis about who they are and who they believe they are and who they want to be. Uh, and in this footy space, she is a pioneer, and that in itself deserves uh, our respect and, and a hero nomination. Um, this was uh, Danny Laidley on 60 Minutes. Was that your greatest concern, how the football world would accept you, whether they would accept you, how they would perceive you? Firstly, my, my family. Um, secondly, the, the I grew up in the AFL from 17 through to 48. Um, become institutionalised and I think I did some good work. Have you felt accepted though by your teammates? Unconditionally. Every player that I played with, um, players that I coached as an assistant coach from other teams, all my sons that I coached, um, every single person. Danny Laidley on 60 Minutes and David King, um, Premiership teammate and great mate of Danny, spoke to Gerard Whateley today. It's a pretty brave thing to do. It's a pretty brave thing to do, to put yourself out there, you know, on the national newspaper, on the national TV to say, this is, this is my life, you know, still having trouble with family, still having, you know, issues with some relationships, but say, hey, here it all is, laid bare, yeah, come at me sort of thing. Um, I, I love the fact that she's so open. She's open, she's open with me. She's, she can sit there and talk for hours, you know, just, yeah, just, I'm just wrapped that um, she's not another tragedy. Uh, worth listening to that chat in its entirety. David King with Jared Waitley, SEN.com.au, to, to catch up uh, on the podcast. Hero nomination, too, um, for Cricket Australia. And, and I don't know if you saw the pregame tribute uh, uh, before Australia's win over Zimbabwe in Townsville, but we've lost some cricketing greats uh, over the last year or more. And Andrew Simons, um, the, the tribute that was paid to him with his kids, uh, their mum, his mum, his sister, his two dogs, uh, and his best mate, Jimmy Ma, all standing out in the middle, and his crab pot, uh, his bat, his baggy green, and also his Akubra, uh, and then his favourite songs being played. It was a beautiful tribute, um, and his kids were included as they were running water for the team uh, all throughout. So um, I thought that was beautifully done, and, and that's always worthy of a hero nomination uh, as well. Is that Rory McIlroy, hero nomination? We'll talk more about that on Off the Tee with Nick Ahern. Um, but he is really flying the flag for the PGA. He came from six shots down on the final day uh, to win the FedEx Cup. Um, that's an extraordinary achievement in and of itself. But when you throw in a $26 million prize, Australian money, um, it's even more significant. That's his third FedEx title. Uh, and you've got to feel a little bit for Scotty Scheffler. Um, that, that, uh, that little run where he went on with those bogeys, and slipping to equal second uh, cost himself about 17 mil. Uh, and Rory McIlroy being top eight in all the majors, I heard Crash Craddock say today. So that's one for us off the tee tomorrow night with Nick Ahern from 8 o'clock. Uh, Wallabies, hero nomination. It's a good win against South Africa in Adelaide. Bledisloe just around the corner. I reckon the Bledisloe is going to have a much more optimistic vibe to it this year because New Zealand, after losing a series against Ireland, the All Blacks, 
And now going down to Argentina, what has happened to the once unbeatable is the aura, is the shine just starting to dull. And uh, the unbeatable or seemingly unbeatable, now gettable. So the Bledisloe, I think it'll be Australia's best chance in years uh, of being able to win it back. Uh, so the Wallabies a good win. Um, and also, Jordan Canels was telling me before that our Rugby Sevens um, had their first tournament win. It was the one in LA. Uh, so there's a hero nomination for them. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 736 736 Your heroes and your villains. Joe's in Roeville. G'day, Joe. Hey, Sammy, how are you? Good, buddy. What have you got for me? Um, I just wanted to talk about Alistair Clarkson and Brad Hill, but uh, Zipper actually asked me before if I had a hero. I didn't, but now I've actually gone for a walk. I have thought of one. Carl Amon for choosing Hawthorne as his uh, destination team. So he's my hero for the week. How's that? Just go with that again. I just missed that. Sorry. I said um, I was talking to Zipper before, and he asked me if I had a hero or a villain. I said, no, I didn't. But now that I'm thinking about it, Carl Amon. He's my hero for nominating Hawthorne as his destination <laughs> team. Yeah, uh, he's requested a trade to Hawthorne. I think they've offered him a three-year deal. Uh, that's what's being reported at the moment. What did you want to say about Clarko? Um, I just hope he doesn't go down that path as, as what he did uh, at Hawthorne, like recruiting players who are uh, probably getting closer to the end. Like there's talks about Brad Hill potentially following him down to North Melbourne. I just I don't think that's probably the right sort of move, picking up like recycled players. I think what he, I mean, he was a great coach at Hawthorne, what he'd done for us, all those premierships and that. But I think just towards the end, um, Sammy, I think he was just going for a quick fix. And I had a bit of a chat to Doomy the other night on the run home. And you know what? After I spoke to him, I couldn't sleep for three days because he told me that when Hawthorne um, picked up Tyrone Victory, the pick that they gave up for him, Richmond recruited Stry Bolton. That didn't sit well with me at all. I don't think that really sits well with any Hawthorne fan, <laughs> Joe. But, oh, look, I don't think Alistair Clarkson is a quick-fix guy. I think it was more about staying where they were um, and going after... And he spoke about this when he uh, spoke to Gary and Tim, I reckon it was, last week, about that tactic was more about looking for players who... Um, he believes were elite level players who were just a little bit more experienced and a lot of the development had gone into them and then what they could bring in to a, a team where in the list and where it was at. So, you know, Brad Hill's won three premierships. Um, the, the, the reports are that he is open to the move, um, might not be 100% happy with the way in which he's being utilised as a running defender or, or high half forward. So, um, Look, Alistair Clarkson's got a lot of work to do in every facet of their list. So whether it be the draftees, whether it be the recruits, they've been widely unsuccessful in what they've been able to bring in from other clubs, North Melbourne, uh, over the last little while. Um, none of them have really uh, set the world on fire. So you, you're looking to bolster your list in a few different areas. And, and I think experience and people with premiership experience uh, shouldn't be underestimated. Um, but I always love to hear from you, Joey, and, and thank you for the call. Troy's in WA. Troy, hero and a villain, mate. Hello. Sam, how are you, young fella? Good, mate. Thank you, and thanks for calling me young. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm sure you're younger than me, mate. That wouldn't be hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've changed my um, hero. Oh, I never, I didn't see the Danny Laidley story. Um, is she happy, Sam? Yeah, yep. Yeah, well, that's that's, that's the that's the gist of, of of it, and and what she's come through to to be where she is now, yeah, is an extraordinary mm. tale as well. And it's not, yeah. And and there's, as I said, it was warts and all. There's there's really confronting stuff mm. in there, and there's 
um, yeah. things that that she's done that she is not proud of uh, at all, but but leaves nothing off the table. So I thought that was um, courageous in and of yeah. itself. Yep. No, well, it's ob- well, what'd she say? Thirty-one years in the footy industry, mm. and it's obviously taken a very long time for her to find happiness. And I've said to you in the past, you know, I know it's been a while since I've spoken to you. It's bloody hard to find happiness long term, so I really do congratulate her with that. Nicely but, said, Troy. Um, yeah, thanks, mate. Hey, um, I think the villain has to be Peter Adams, and I think that justifies... What was he thinking? Uh, exactly. I'd never seen it, but I heard it, and I... I've seen it. I've seen it. The ball was gone. Going on. The ball was gone. Um, It was Shane Woden's son, I think, that was out of play. Actually, out of the field of play. Mm. Um, And he came through and just cannoned into him high as three weeks of an early guilty plea for Pete Laddams. And well, that'll pretty much be season done. Um, I I just that was in the VFL. I I, it beggars belief. I I couldn't. I just could not understand why. Anyway, the Swans will be asking the same question. Well, yeah, and um, the other side of the coin was I had a hero before I heard you talking about Danny was um, Jeremy Finlayson. A lot of people were, um, you know, questioning they should have kept Latin, but I think 23, 24 weeks later, I think Port Adelaide have made the right decision, mate. Well, it looks to be, and um, who would have thought about Jeremy Laddams, uh, sorry, yeah, Jer- uh, Jeremy Finlayson, I've just combined two humans, uh, Jeremy Finlayson going into the ruck, but that was really successful um, for Port Adelaide. Obviously, their season was unsuccessful, but they've found another, uh, they've found another option, which is, which is good. I mean, his use of the footy, um, he's a great mover, he was really competitive in the ruck, so um, yeah, I, I, I think people were a bit bewildered as to why they thought they needed a Jeremy Finlayson when the popular view was they needed a bit of midfield help. Um, but no, they've, they've found something there and uh, they'll explore that more next season. Uh, thanks for the call, Troy. Always great to chat to you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your heroes and villains on the Sporting Capital. You're listening to the Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Marcus Adams looks like he, he's done for the year with his concussion, so um, uh, still still a little bit of disruption there, but we've got to, you know, that's what this season's all about, giving opportunities to players. That was Alistair Clarkson, and just slipped that one in, and, and it took a little double take um, from Gary and Bucks, and I missed it listening this morning as well to SEN Breakfast. Um, but it's a big piece, uh, literally and um, metaphorically, uh, of... Their defensive setup is Marcus Adams, who um, looking like, according to Alistair Clark, uh, sorry, uh, Chris Fagan, where's my head? Uh, Chris Fagan, the Brisbane Lions coach, saying that he won't be taking any further part uh, in the season, as it looks like. So, um, in the words of Clubber Lang, uh, prediction, Payne. Uh, so, Jackson Payne will come in and fill that defensive post, and he's a, a very large unit himself. Um, so that's going to be a, a bit of a shake-up for Brisbane's defence. And uh, I'll talk, I'll play a little bit what Nathan Buckley had to say in regards to Brisbane defence as we sort of gear up uh, for week one of the finals. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your heroes and villains. I've got a fair few of your texts to get through. Uh, a little bit of a clarification. Joey and Roville bringing up the Tyson Vickery free agency uh, get by Hawthorne uh, a few years ago and that uh, Shea Bolton went to Richmond. I'm told off the text here, and I'll have to double-check this, that Vickery was a free agent and Bolton was the compensation 
pick. So it's not exactly like Hawthorne would have got that pick and had the opportunity to get Shea Bolton. Uh, but plenty of clubs did have the opportunity to get him and uh, we'll all be ruining the fact that they didn't, um, given he's now probably uh, the most dangerous player uh, in the competition. Um, and you start to wonder, and it was interesting, Kingy doing um, and showing the champion data of putting the top 10 uh, finals performance or the AFL player ratings, the top 10 finals performers uh, over the last five years. Dusty Martin uh, ranked number one. I wonder when we're looking at Gary Ayres medalists, is there a player that you've had a look at this year? Is there somebody who you've seen and you think, I reckon you're going to just tear it up. I think finals, you are going to just rip everybody to shreds. And is Shea Bolton that player? He, he would certainly be in the, the top three or four that I would nominate as a player who's got that look about them uh, and the ability to them on the biggest stages of all to have the biggest impact of all. Uh, so throw through some nominations for those heroes uh, and villains. AJ, AK in Brunswick. Yeah, Hello, mate. Good to be so There you go, mate. Good, AK. What have you got for me? Now, that last call I... Before that, not the second last call, I was talking about uh, Clarko, right? Saying about Brad Hill and that. I disagree with you. I said, I'll tell you why. I said, you need Brad Hill down there to help uh, that guy Thomas, right? Because he's just like a big brother to him. And to get like a Liam Shields down there, you need a bit of leadership because yep. they done a whole clean up sweep down there at North Melbourne. They, lost, they took about 15 or 16 plays out. And there was most of them, some of them, their leaders, like Tarrant and all these guys. Yeah. So if they get like a Liam Shields down there, he was a vice captain of Hawthorne for that. Yeah, it's a good call. Uh, the, the experi- absolutely. The experience uh, to have been in winning cultures can't be underestimated. Back after this. You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. So the last five years, Dustin Martin's played in 12 finals. Can I, can I just read you out those 12 finals? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So 2017, this is his final series. 28 disposals, one behind. 20 disposals, three goals, three. 29 disposals, two goals, two. 2018, 29 disposals, one goal, two. And he was banged up in the prelim. Yeah, he was. Remember Barmy? Shouldn't have been playing. Remember Barmy? We had that little blue with Barmy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 2019, uh, what did he have? 14 and six goals. 22 disposals, 2-2. Grand final, 22 disposals, 4 goals. 2020, he goes 25 and 1, 21 and 2, 21 and 4. Um, the numbers the numbers are just crazy. That was David King on uh, on the means test with Jerry Whateley earlier today. Yeah, just asking the question, um, the players... So that was Kingy going through the uh, player ratings for the top 10 players uh, over the finals, which... Um, had me sort of thinking, and Dusty Martin is the number one ranked player over the last five years of finals. It had me thinking, who will it be this year? I mean, is it just too much to expect that Dusty Martin, after the long layoff that he's had, he's been out of the game since the West Coast game uh, earlier this year. Is it too much to think that he could reclaim his title as the best finals player that the game's seen? Or do you see someone else? Do you, is there someone who you see... Where you, th- where you think this will be the making of you. This will be where you write your name into footy folklore. And who would it most likely be from the teams that are in there? So I just ran my eye over the teams that are playing. So for the Brisbane Lions, the easy one you'd think would be Lockie Neal, leave no stone unturned. Um, 
puts countless hours into his work. Chris Fagan spoke to SEM Breakfast today that no one, he hasn't seen anyone work harder on his craft since he helped, uh, since he was uh, an assistant coach at Hawthorne with Sam Mitchell. But Charlie Cameron's the other one who I think will, will want to stand up in a big final. Uh, and for Richmond, it, it's Shea Bolton every day of the week. Seems to be that the player that you think is most likely to be a Gary Ayres medalist, um, the most dangerous player uh, in the competition. For Melbourne, I would think it's Christian Petrarca. Um, for Sydney, I would think it would be Isaac Heaney. For Geelong, I think it's Paddy Dangerfield. I think Danger... There's another chapter to be written in his football story, and it will either be that he goes down as one of the greatest ever to not win a premiership, or it will be that chapter that gets written at the end of his book where he finally is able to realise that dream. The eight-time All-Australian, Brownlow medalist, is this the chapter that gets written? And you just feel like he's going to have a big September. Uh, For Collingwood, there's a couple of people suggesting that uh, Jamie Elliott might be their player. That's... That's a great nomination given the year that he's had and the clutch finishes he's provided in the win against Essendon and also the win uh, over Carlton. I've got a soft spot for Scott Pendlebury, I know, but I just wonder whether it's a clock winding back for Pendles um, or is it a Darcy Moore? Who's the most likely to be your Gary Ayres medalist coming into finals? Uh, for, for the Dockers, that's a tough one to pick as well. Nat Fyce missed a lot of footy, didn't play Waffle over the weekend. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw was the league MVP. They haven't really been getting a heap out of their Fords in Lobb and, and Tabena. Uh, is it a Michael Walters who comes and, and winds back the clock a little in his own right? Uh, and for the Western Bulldogs, you just it's just always Bont for me. Like they, they rise and fall on Bont and probably Libba uh, as well. So those are just off the top uh, of my head. But if you had your nominations... Um, if you had your nominations for who's the most likely to be a Gary as medalist, would love to hear it. one three hundred seven three six 736 736 Adam's in Fremantle and has called in. Adam, hello to you, mate. Uh, g'day. Um, just quickly, if I was Fremantle, I'd be giving young Jai Amos a go this weekend. A um, little bit of a dark horse. I watched him play for Peel on the weekend. He had that kidney injury. He's going to be a champion, mate, and uh, oh, he's only young. He's only 18. Uh, I'll chuck him in. I'll chuck him in, particularly if Tabernard's not fit. But anyway, that's not why I rang up. Um, it just, uh, just caught the end. Have you been having a lot of negativity towards the women's footy? Is that what I picked up on? Well, not from me, but I made the point before, and I've, I've had someone ring in to take umbrage, saying that if we're going to have an elite women's competition, that they should be um, open to the same level of criticism as the men's. I was referring to the trolling that still goes on, and we get it on some of the texts. I've seen it on social media. I'm talking about the nastiness, the vitriol. Um, uh, reasonable um, anal- uh, analysis of the games, constructive feedback, um, you know, breaking down the games and, and performances, I'm all for and they're all for. But I was just making a point as to the the level of trolling that still goes on um, that yeah. I think yeah. speaks more well, to, to those I people. Mean, the, re- the reason I called... Um, look, mate, I, I'm a PE teacher. I've been for 25 years and I, and I coached girls and women's footy. Uh, now, when I first started teaching, we had a, 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 a girls' team. It was a school of 2,000 kids, pretty pretty tough school and the kids loved it absolutely loved it and that was there was nowhere for them to go there was just like some of them would play and they never played again 
Um, and so I, uh, I got a lot of mates that come up with all those arguments, just saying things like, well, they need to support themselves and, you know, it's, it's rubbish, the standard's rubbish and, and they're being, you know, Foxdale don't even, they don't pay for the rights, no one pays for the games. But I just don't get any of any where that is relevant. For me, I've got two daughters, that mm. one's in Auskick and one's in Full Rules, and and they love it. And who cares about... I mean, some of the guys think, you know, people supporting it are all just being lefties and PC, but it's not about that. It's, no, it's, it's just me, not being an arsehole, about, Adam. It's just not being an arsehole. That's what it comes yeah, down to. Yeah. Yeah, and it's about, the, like, my daughters... Um, what these women are doing right now and, and whatever, well, who cares what the standard is and who cares that we're subsidising and who cares what mm. we're doing is allowing these girls in 20 years' time, it'll be heaps better and, 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 and these these girls will be able to have a pathway to do something yeah. great, like be involved in the game yeah. other than just as, you yeah. know, spectators or cutting oranges. And, Absolutely. And, and so many girls are getting involved and it's, and it's a wonderful thing that they're getting involved it's great for them, and and it's great for the game you know, too, Adam. On every level, now. on every level, it's been great for the game. It's yeah. been fantastic for the game. Yeah, yeah. And you're just watching girls go out and compete and give their hardest. I don't judge it on that. I, you know, if it's a two point game and you just even when I umpire it, it's just it's a pleasure to see uh, these people just going in and throwing themselves in and and loving the game mm. um, at every level, whatever the level is. I. I, and look, if you're a bloke and you don't like it, don't watch it, um, and and just understand that the reason that it's been put forward by the AFL is so for all future uh, generations of young girls that they can have a pathway to go and do something great in relation to Aussie rules. So get over it. Well said, Adam. I love your work, mate. Thanks for calling. Do so any time. Appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Off the text, Duna, who's a good man uh, up and around Broadford. Uh, why can't people view AFL for what it is, not what it isn't? Uh, well said, Duna. Uh, you're a man after my own heart. One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the temper forty winks text zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. So a couple of texts that are coming through in regards to your heroes uh, and your villains. Before I get into some of Nathan Buckley's, uh, the buck stops from uh, SEN Breakfast a little earlier, and we'll talk about the uh, the BBL draft and just what you made of that. And I think it went the complete opposite way in which Cricket Australia would have been hoping for. Um, it, it would seem that the competition actually doesn't know what it's uh, what it is in and of itself. A uh, couple off the text. Uh, who's going to be? Who's the most likely to be a Garriers medalist for Collingwood? It's 100% Braden Maynard. Off the text. The key to this final series is Jeremy Cameron getting up the ground and doubling back. Uh, Hot Dogs Hargraves. Now, is that your name, Hot Dogs Hargraves, or are you calling me Hot Dogs Hargraves? Because I certainly hope I'm not being compared to a failed Big Brother contestant uh, and late night show host. <laughs> Where is Hot Dogs these days? I don't know what he's up to. I hope he's well. Um, but I hope that's not why I'm getting called hot dogs. Uh, off the text, impact players. Shea Bolton, Paddy Dangerfield, Jeremy Cameron, Isaac Smith, Bailey Smith, Bailey Fritch. Bailey Smith's a good one. He was brilliant in last year's finals. Uh, ben Brown, that's interesting. Clayton Oliver, Jack Ginnivan. Oh, wouldn't that be something special if Jack Ginnivan can tear it up in the finals? Won't that really upset 
some people that um, are bewilderingly upset by a a 19-year-old um, who enjoys playing football uh, the way in which he enjoys it. Uh, Frederick for Fremantle. Um, if it wasn't for SEN Radio, this has come off the text of villain nomination for Cricket Australia. I wouldn't know Australia were playing cricket against Zimbabwe. Not one word on TV at all. That's been a common theme that's come through uh, throughout the course of the day. Uh, evening, Sam. Hero, Rory, the last round comeback from six shots back. Massive payday. That's from Michael. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 26 million. That's Australian. Um, that's huge. Uh, Michael in Richmond, Sammy, I love you, but remember when you said the pies wouldn't make the eight about six weeks ago? Up the pies, that's from Michael. Now, Michael, I did, and I'll never do it again, because I don't think I've ever copped as much vitriol in my life as what I copped when I, I tried to pick every game for the rest of the year, do my tips for every game for the rest of the year with six games to go, and just tipping on what I thought would eventuate... I was someone who was trying to apply logic to what was happening with Collingwood, and I've since given myself up to the fact that some things just can't be explained, and that's the way in which Collingwood have been able to find a way to keep winning. You know, law of averages will tell you that you just can't win that many close games in a year. At some stage, your luck runs out, but that's just not the case for Collingwood. So I did what I thought was going to be the final eight in the end. After tipping every game for the rest of the year, I had Collingwood winning enough games but missing on percentage because we know they had a really low percentage. I had them missing out uh, to the Bulldogs. So the final eight that I thought uh, was going to be was Melbourne, Brisbane, Geelong, Carlton. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's. So I got two in the top four, and then I had Richmond fifth, Fremantle sixth, Sydney seventh, Western Bulldogs eight, and I had Collingwood missing out on percentage. Now, clearly that's not how things unfolded, but you know that you're really copping a heap of abuse when I had a doctor from LA tweet me and tell me how how ridiculous my top eight was, how amateur I am, and how woeful a job I was doing, and how poor um, my predictions were. This is someone who has lives in her hand. This is a medical professional who needs to have the judgment uh, and, and the rational thinking to make life and death situations. That's how, that's just how upset that got Collingwood fans. I was even getting abuse from the beautiful Evie. So, Michael, I clearly got that wrong. I clearly got that very, very wrong. Uh, and put my hand up to say that. And I'm telling you, I'll never, ever do a ladder prediction again. It really did upset a lot of people, and I still don't know why. Uh, but thank you for your text. I really appreciate it. Uh, off the text, hero, Ange Postacoglu. Was it 9-0 that Celtic won? Um, who did they play? I had it on the tip of my tongue. Uh J.K. will tell me, Jordan Canales is across all things world game um, in every part of the world. Dundee. I was going to say Dundee, but I'll just back yourself, Sam. Uh, a few more off the text. Uh, a few heroes and villains. McLaren, definitely a villain the way they treated Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, so we wait to see um, what's happening with Oscar Piastri. Um, Ricciardo announcing that he's leaving McLaren um, at the end of the season over the weekend. Will he be lost to Formula One altogether? Or will there be uh, another team that's got a ride for him? Uh, and a car for him. Uh, the Heroes, the AFLW weekend was excellent. The Villains, no EJ Witten match this year um, while we're on a bye. Yeah, that was disappointing, Dean. There's reasons for it, um, but hopefully it's back bigger and better than ever next year. Hey, Sammy, my hero is the Ruse on top of the ladder. Yeah. What what Ruse are that? Oh, North Melbourne in the AFLW um, on top of the ladder. Yeah, their, um, their win over uh, Gold Coast was was pretty dominant. 
um, in the end, it was a 26-point win. The Lions had the biggest win of the round, though, 49-point win. So, actually, wouldn't that mean that they'd be second uh, on the ladder? Let me get the uh, the AFLW ladder up, uh, which will really piss off Paul, uh, who's asking us to stop talking about AFLW. It's very triggering for him. So, um, that has me just wanting to do it even more, to be honest. Uh what are you typing there, JK? Uh, North Melbourne are first. Okay. Um, which means that uh, Brisbane's second. Okay. Appreciate that. Um, Joe says, hey, Sammy, you need to tip against Collingwood. Uh, you need to tip against Collingwood. Evie Barracks uh, for them. That's from Joey and Roval. Thank you, Joe. Uh, off the text, uh, Heroes and Villains. Uh, the buy, uh, This is for the buy round. The buy before the grand final makes sense. Have the EJ Witten match uh, in the buy. Um and Sam, do you seriously think Carlton should get a number one pick over North? Um, no, it's just that I think that whoever finishes ninth should get uh, the number one pick. Um, that's how I would restructure how we give away uh, the number one pick uh, in footy. Um, we can talk about that in uh, in great detail as well. One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. I want to play a little bit of Crash Craddock, who spoke about the BBL draft with Jerry Waitley earlier today. Because you, you must remember, as this Big Bash series goes to air, the relative television networks of Fox and Channel 7 are sitting down with Cricket Australia, and the Big Bash is the real worry for Cricket Australia in television rights. It will not get what it got last time. There's no question about that. So it had to be positively sparkling this summer. And that meant getting these good players there, and it, and it didn't get it. That was Crash. Um, he also spoke, uh, I'll play a little bit more Crash. This was David Hussey uh, from the Stars coach. Yeah, I thought it was a success actually. Um, to get some of the best overseas players um, in the world of T20 cricket uh, to nominate and then be selected or, or not selected, uh, I think that's true test. The, the BBL is going to go bigger and bigger and uh, hopefully from strength to strength. But I thought uh, in future terms, I'd like to see a domestic draft uh, combined with an overseas draft. I think that would be sensational. And I know it's a long day. Um, I'm not sure how the AFL boys do it because it's an extremely long day just for, for three picks. So, But, uh, yeah, I'd love to see a domestic draft and an overseas draft at the same day. I think that would be superb for the competition going forward. Those teams are there to win, and they're totally shameless about their selections. They don't care. Sure, they'll do their marketing, but whatever they attract at the gate is secondary to to winning the competition. I mean, those coaches are on trial. You know, they're, they're extensive coaching networks. You know, they, they live or die by results. So they went for players. There was 13, I think, Englishmen drafted because they can spend the full season here. Andre Russell can't spend the full season here. He's going to the UAE where he can earn more money. So can, um, you know, Faf Duplessis. So if you only get them for half the competition, they weren't that attractive. And I, I, but they didn't see this coming, Jared. Cricket Australia. No, they thought they would they go didn't. anyway. That was Crash Craddock and Jared Waitley speaking earlier today. I'd love to get your thoughts on the BBL draft. So I love the idea when it was presented. I think it was clearly a big mistake that Cricket Australia guaranteed those platinum contracts because the two people they were using to market the draft, in fact, Duplessis, uh, the South African batting star. And Andre Dwayne Russell, yes, that is his middle name, Dwayne. Uh, Andre Dwayne Russell, arguably, probably the, the greatest ever exponent of T20 cricket, one of the most successful T20 cricketers of all time. These were the guys they actually paid to market the draft, and none were taken because they couldn't play the full season. So clearly the BBL and, and Cricket Australia are trying to 
ramp up the star factor, therefore ramping up interest, uh, entertainment, so that when it comes time to do the next rights deal, which has had issues in and of itself uh, with the current broadcaster, free-to-air broadcaster, that they can try and get somewhere near what they got for it last time. But the teams and the franchises, they see this competition very differently. They're trying to save their own jobs, protect their own interests, and Cricket Australia might just need to have a word and say there will be no jobs if we can't sell this properly next time around. So I can't believe that they weren't on the same page with this. I know that each club has their choice to put their list together the way they see fit, but I just cannot believe that they weren't on the same page. And the two players that were actually paid to market the draft were not picked up at all. So if you don't know the draft order, I'll just quickly run you through it. Uh, Liam Livingston, um, former Scorcher, went to the Renegades with pick one. Trent Bolt uh, went to uh, pick two was the Strikers. uh, Got Rashid Khan. Pick three, Trent Bolt, the New Zealand speedster, uh, went to the Stars. Sam Billings uh, went to the Englishman, went to the Brisbane Heat. Um, Chris Jordan uh, stayed at the Sixers. Uh, David Wiley, um, England T20 star, went to the Thunder. Shadab Khan went to the the Hurricanes. Uh, Majiba Rahman uh, is going to be at the Renegades. And Joe Clark was the top 10 uh, staying at the Scorchers. It just missed. They were completely out of alignment, the clubs and Cricket Australia, and that was almost embarrassing uh, how it went down last night. The idea was great. The execution was anything but. Damien's in Caram Downs. G'day, Damo. G'day, Sammy. I haven't spoke to you for a while. I hope you've been well. I have, and thank you for calling again. I've missed you. That, that's all right. I wanted to. T- oh, I've got a. I've got a, um, a hero. Yeah, but I, I haven't got a villain. But I want to talk to you about after I get my villain out of the way. Why Brisbane will beat Richmond on Thursday night? Um, so my hero is Jack Doohan, winning the F two race in Belgium overnight. Um, it gives him hope of getting an F one spot. What are your thoughts? I'm going to be honest and say that I haven't really, I'm not really across the F2, so I'll bow to your uh, more informed judgment and you tell me. Uh, I think he will fill um, the vacant um, F1 spot for a while, cut Alpine's vacant spot. Um, I think he'll fill that. Um, Beautiful. Fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. Now, just quickly, because I've only got about 20 seconds. Well, actually, let me come back and you can tell us why uh, Brisbane are going to beat Richmond. We'll do it on the other side of the break as we finish up on the Sporting Capital. You're listening to the Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. I've appreciated all your calls and all the text, even the bitchy ones, and that's fine. Uh, happy to take them all on board and appreciate you taking the time to send them. 0433 98 11 16, uh, the temper and 40 weeks text line. Now, Damien was going to tell us why Brisbane uh, are going to beat Richmond this weekend. He rang to tell us about Jack Doohan, who won his third race this season in the F2. He's fourth overall in the championship, Mick Doohan's son. And there could be a vacant spot at Williams next season in the Formula One. So, Damo, why are Brisbane beating Richmond for you, mate? Uh, I think they'll be too tall. I think um, Danaher, Hipwood up forward and then Zorko through the midfield, McCluggage and Bailey will just be too strong for Richmond. And even though even though Brisbane haven't been good the last few weeks, I just think finals time, 
it's a bigger occasion and more at stake. So I think Brisbane win comfortably. Oh, beautifully done, Damo. Yeah, they've only won one out of six finals. That was against Richmond, though, uh, under Chris Fagan, who I absolutely love. Uh, so you never know. They could go and correct that poor finals record with a big performance against the Tigers. Nathan Buckley questioning today their ability to defend. Uh, we'll dig a little bit deeper into the finals as the week goes on, but it's uh, US Open time. It starts early uh, tomorrow morning. BP's up next with the first serve. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.